With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a Monday afternoon following Iowa's 31 to nothing blowout, shutout, whatever adjectives you want to throw on their loss at Penn State uh, over the weekend. Didn't have an instant reaction podcast for you. I was uh, on the road out of town that night. And, um, you know, honestly, there wasn't a lot to react to. Uh, the, the bigger reaction from this game uh, is going to be similar to what it was the last couple of years when Iowa loses games against elite teams. Um, there's, you know, we'll, we'll go through some of the game from Saturday night, but the the bulk of this podcast is going to be more that that big picture stuff and um, and really just me using this as kind of a therapy session uh, to try to get all my thoughts out of my head uh, because for the last 36 hours I've been having this debate back and forth with myself. And I think I make good points on both sides. And I think I have a point on both sides. And I don't know where I actually sit yet. I'm I'm in the middle. And I think a lot of you probably are too. And it's a tough conversation. It's not a good place to be. But it's one that we need to have. And, uh, and we will have that here on the podcast today. Before we get to that, uh, I want to remind you, HawkeyeNation.com is the place to uh, get all the best Hawkeye coverage, Rob Howe, John Bonacamp. We're uh, we're doing it all for you at HawkeyeNation.com, or at least trying to, so check us out there. And if you aren't subscribed uh, to this podcast, um, please do. Subscribe, give us a like, give us a review. Uh, let me know that you're listening. Give me a review. You can tweet at me, at Andrew C. Downs. That's the best place for me to see it. Obviously, follow us on social media at Hawkeye Nation. 31 to nothing uh, was the score, the final score, Iowa at Penn State. And, you know, there's, again, there's just, there's a couple of ways to look at this. Um, If you're looking optimistically, which you have to look hard to do, uh, you just lost to one of the best teams in the country in one of the toughest environments in all of sports. There's a reason that they put over 100,000 people into that building. There's a reason there's a whiteout. Uh, There's a reason that they did it in this game because um, that's, that's a tough place to play, and that's a really good team. That's a really good team. That's a better Penn State team than we've played in a while. Um, and they they put a whooping on Iowa. And, you know, I was hopeful that Iowa could keep it close and maybe find a way to win. I was confident Iowa was not going to get blown out. And I was wrong about that. 
Um, and I was wrong about a lot of things. I feel wrong about a lot of things. And the, the one of the hard parts is we're just still in this reaction phase, right? And so three weeks from now, if Iowa is 6-1 and one and just beat Wisconsin, we're going to feel a heck of a lot different. Hell, Monday will probably feel a heck of a lot different after playing Michigan State uh, at home this Saturday night. I hope we feel different after that game uh, because if it feels like this, we're, we're heading in the wrong direction. But, um, you know, sticking with this game, just the most inept offense you could possibly have. I mean, seriously, if you or I were quarterback of this team, it would not have looked much better. It may have looked worse. I probably would have fumbled more times than Cade McNamara did. And I wouldn't have completed the five passes he completed or whatever it was. Iowa, we we may not have gotten the four first downs we got or come close to the 76 total yards we had for the game. Maybe we would have been 0 for 9 on third down instead of 1 for 9. Our passing yards per per pass would have been less than 3.5. Yards per rush may have been less than 1.2 yards per rush. We maybe have, would have lost more than four fumbles. But the score wouldn't have been different. The lopsided nature of it wouldn't have been different. And the laughing stock that is Iowa's offense at this point nationally would not have been different. And so that's that's a really, really tough place to be because so many of us put so much hope on the shoulders of Cade McNamara. And not just him, but the you know, Seth Anderson and Caleb Brown and you know, kind of putting stock into what Brian Ferentz has stopped short of saying out loud, but has certainly hinted at for a couple of years that it's not the scheme, it's the personnel. It was Spencer Petras not being able to run the plays. It was not having healthy or effective weapons on offense. It was an offensive line that couldn't create holes for a running team uh, and couldn't protect a quarterback. And that's just not the case. This offense is the problem. It's not personnel. It's scheme. It's not athleticism. It's play design. It is offensive line, but I don't know that it's the players on that offensive line as much as it is, you know, everything around their coaching, the play calls, strength and conditioning. I mean, wherever you want to lay this, it could be laid everywhere. Um, this is an offense that can't compete. And Iowa's schedule is so weak that this is a team that can compete and will compete and will likely be successful much more often than it's not. And that's that's going to lead into our bigger conversation. So I'm going to I'm going to kind of stop on that thread right there. It's hard not to go down that that alleyway though, isn't it? It's hard to talk about this game and not have it extend very quickly to a big-picture conversation. So we are going to get there. Uh, but again, I mean, Cade McNamara, 5 of 14, 42 yards. He was running for his life. They couldn't hold on to the ball. Deacon Hill came in, 1 of 4 for 14 yards. Uh, Kamari Moulton, 6 carries for 18 yards. LaShawn Williams, 6 carries for 9 yards. And that's it from the running back perspective. Eric All had three catches for 35 yards and just a killer fumble early in the game. Deontay Vines, Nico Reggini, LeSean Williams, each one catch. Iowa's receivers have had 14 catches this season. We're a third of the way in. 
Penn State looked really good. It's a really good team that Iowa just lost to in a really tough environment, a game that almost everybody picked Iowa to lose before the season and then in the week leading up to it. Iowa was a 3-0 and ranked team five days ago. It's not all bad. And that's one of the issues, is that it's not all bad. Um, but, I mean, the, these offensive numbers, again, they're just they're staggering in how bad they are. I didn't know it could get worse than what we'd already seen. This was worse. And part of it's because of the turnovers, which are a real issue at this point. Bad turnovers, costly turnovers. Um, Part of it's because the defense isn't creating turnovers and scoring points, and so it leaves the offense out there uh, holding the ball. Not really holding the ball. You talk about four lost fumbles, I think six total fumbles. David Eicholt from uh, 24-7 Sports pointed out six fumbles is more than four first downs. Um, And the special teams isn't isn't uh, elite. It's very good, and, and I'm not laying this loss or, or any of Iowa's issues on the special teams of the defense, but they aren't as good as they were last year, and that's creating a problem because the offense is as bad, if not worse, than it was last year. Now, you could see this game going a different way, and, and that's, again, one of the hard things. I, I hesitate to even say this. Because it sounds ridiculous having watched the game. And it's the same case from the 2021 Big Ten Championship game against Michigan. Where Cade McNamara had a great day. But if you remember that game, there were a couple of things that happened early. And if they had just gone a little differently, the whole game complexion may have been different. And maybe it doesn't get blown open. And maybe it's not a an embarrassing lopsided blowout loss. If Eric All doesn't fumble that ball early in the game Saturday night, maybe Iowa punches that in and takes a 7 nothing lead. Maybe you take some of the air out of that stadium. And even if Penn State drives down and scores, it's a tie rather than you know them taking a lead. If you don't get that punt right off the back of, uh, of the Hawkeye when Cooper DeGene is screaming, get away, get away, get away. You know, maybe that changes the complexions of things also. If if they don't give Penn State that first down on a fourth and one quarterback sneak, which I do not think he got, but it was not reviewed, maybe that changes things. That was their first touchdown drive, I believe. Put him up 10 nothing. It was 10 nothing at halftime. Iowa wasn't out of this game. But they're not in any game where their offense is that bad. No matter what the score is, if the offense is that bad, they're not in any game. And so that's why it sounds ridiculous to point out these little things officiating, turnovers, little breaks that didn't go their way, and if they had gone their way, maybe the game's different. It sounds ridiculous because, A, you could probably point some of those things out in every game, and I guarantee there are fans of teams that Iowa has beaten, and they say, well, if this didn't happen or if that didn't happen, I mean, Iowa State could probably point to three or four of those things every time they lose to Iowa. So that's one. But then the other is I wasn't competitive in this game. And they haven't been competitive against teams like this for a long time. And that's the bigger issue. And that's where we're going to start to talk about next. So I was in Omaha over the weekend. A little family trip. Uh, That was a lot of fun. Uh, My football weekend was absolutely abysmal. Uh, But Sunday morning, I'm sitting in the hotel in Omaha. The family's getting ready to go over to the, the Henry Dorley Zoo. And check that out. Cool place. Glad we did that. Uh, and I just, you know, my my mind is just running. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. 
the same thoughts that we've all had for at least a couple of years and that I've tried to deny, I've tried to keep out of my head, I've tried to hold at bay because I don't want to have this conversation because it doesn't end well. No matter which side of this you're on, it doesn't end well. But as I'm sitting in the hotel, I start thinking, and so I just start typing on my phone. I didn't know, I didn't know how much I had or, or what I was going to say, but I started type out this Twitter thread. Ends up being, you know, four or five short tweets, and I'm just going to kind of read that here. Uh, I haven't read through it since I, since I posted it. It got a good amount of engagement uh, while I was at the zoo. I, you know, I'd see, hey, I, you know, you get mentions. You have people in your, in your mentions. I looked at some of that stuff. I haven't looked at all of it. Um, but I was, I'm just going to read that thread of kind of how I felt yesterday morning. It's, I think it's probably mostly how I feel now. And it's, it starts the kind of crux of this debate that I've been having back and forth. This is what I wrote. The hardest part of the Iowa football situation is that they're still very successful. Some people might have qualms with the words very successful, but I, I, th- I think I can argue Iowa's been very successful over the last six, seven, eight years. Continuing. If Iowa was terrible, it would be easy to make changes, but they're good enough to beat most of the teams on their schedule most of the seasons. They could go 11-1 and one this year, but it won't be enough. Now, I'll clarify that a little bit. I, I don't think I was going 11-1. and one. I have a hard time seeing us going to, to Wisconsin and winning at this point with this offense, with this offensive line. Um, and if I was going to be this inept offensively, you could lose to everybody on your schedule. Now, we've also seen Iowa run through the Big Ten West like a knife through butter with a terrible offense. And so Iowa could absolutely win out and go 11-1. and one. I expect Iowa to win at least nine games this year. I'm not going to pick which two to lose other than the, the Wisconsin one that I just said. but um, And when I say it won't be enough, I don't mean it won't be enough for me or for you or for Kirk Ferentz or for Beth Getz or whoever. I mean that, as I said leading up to this game, this was Iowa's one chance at a signature victory. This was Iowa's one chance, not even at a victory, but to show that they could compete at this level. And the biggest frustration, I believe, in the fan base over the last couple of years hasn't even been the inept offense. It's been the lack of competition in the big games. Kirk Ferentz had set precedent on a number of different things, and one of those things was Iowa doesn't get blown out under Kirk Ferentz. And maybe it's because they play a weird style and they muddy the thing up and they slow it down and they eat clock and the defense is good or they get lucky or whatever that is. Punting is winning, whatever that is. But Iowa doesn't get blown out. They might not beat Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State regularly. They might not beat them every time they play. But they don't get blown out. They don't get embarrassed. And that's not the case anymore. And now Iowa doesn't have another opportunity to show that they don't get blown out. They don't get embarrassed by the elite teams on their schedule until they get to a Big Ten championship game if they get there. And does anybody feel like seeing that right now? I know we'll feel differently. I know we're emotional. But do you feel like seeing that right now? Iowa going up against this Penn State team again in Indianapolis or an Ohio State team? that just beat Notre Dame on their home field or a Michigan team that hasn't been challenged yet in four easy games. Do you think Iowa can compete with those teams? It doesn't feel like it, and that's what it's not enough. That's why there's frustration with eight and nine and ten win seasons. And that's, again, the, the, the crux of this issue. I'll continue my thread. 
The fact is there's a ceiling on the program, mostly due to an inept offense and an inability or unwillingness to change. It seems like nothing short of a complete overhaul will fix it. I I won't mince words there. What I'm talking about, obviously, is a change at head coach, a complete overhaul. But, I continue, Kirk has earned the right to go on on his terms, and he hasn't let the program devolve into obscurity. I believe that. I believe Kirk has earned the right to go uh, out on his terms. 25 years in, he's the best coach we've ever had. Put up the statue, rename the street, whatever you're going to do, do it. And he has not let this program devolve into obscurity. Now, he's let this offense devolve into a national laughingstock. But Iowa is still a good team. Still a very good team at times. Still a very good program in the scheme of things. In Division I football, in the Big Ten, wherever. However you stack these things up, other than the elite of the elite, Iowa is still a very good team and a very good program. I also continue, there's a better than average chance that wholesale change moves things in the wrong direction. I'll talk about that a little bit more later, but we all know what I'm talking about. A better than average chance that a change at head coach makes things worse. And how much worse? They could get real bad. Things could get real bleak. We're getting pissed about eight and nine wins. I'll continue. It's a tough situation where they're objectively successful and yet nobody is satisfied. And is it fair to expect to beat the best teams in the country in the toughest environments? Probably not, but they haven't been competitive in those games for two years now. Two years might be, I mean, I guess, yeah, two years because they, they beat a top five Penn State team two years ago, less than two years ago. I finished my thread by saying all that is to say I don't know what the answer is. It'll be interesting to see how this offseason plays out. I'm still here, though, and I'll be next Saturday and the one after that, and I can continue and continue and continue the one after that and the one after that, just like you. I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. I bleed black and gold. I'm a Hawkeye till I die. And I'll go down with the ship if the ship's going down because I'll be on it again when it comes back up. So that was my thread, and that's kind of the start of, of how I'm, I'm thinking about this. I've seen some stats. Um, you know, and it, it, you, you pick and choose stats to kind of make your point. Chad Lysico, the Des Moines Register, has a stat. You know, I was 15-10 and 10 since beating Penn State uh, in 2021 in that top five match at Kinnick Stadium where Petrus hit Reggie for the game-winning touchdown. And that's, that's true, and it's a bad number. 15-10, and 10, that's not good. But that also ignores the fact that Iowa had won 12 in a row before that. Six to end the season in 2020, where then you got a, a Champions Week or whatever they were calling it game against Michigan uh, canceled due to COVID, and then you got your bowl game against Missouri canceled due to COVID. I contend they would have won those two games and would have been 14 in a row, but that didn't happen, so it didn't happen. Iowa ended the season 6-0, and started the next season 6-0, and including that top five win against Penn State a win at a ranked Iowa State team in front of college game day. I mean, there were some big wins in that 12-game span. So, 15-10 and 10 since that game. But, what, I mean, 27-10 and 10 since the 0-2 start to the 2020 season. 27-12 and 12 since the start of that 2020 season. Wherever you start, it's gonna, you, you know, you're going to make things look the way they look. But 15-10 and 10 isn't good. 
And the the blowout losses in those games, in in the games against ranked teams, I think it's five in a row now ranked teams that have not just beaten Iowa, beaten us badly. And so, you know, there's you feel bad about things right now, but you also have to remember a week ago we were ranked 3-0. and We just went into a really tough place to play, lost to one of the best teams in the country. And can rebound very quickly here. You've got a broken program in Michigan State coming to town Saturday night in a tough environment of our own. And you've got a Big Ten West schedule that is there for the taking. I mean, you're home against Purdue on homecoming the week after that. You go to Wisconsin, but that's a Wisconsin team that, while it seems like it's starting to find itself in the air raid under Luke Fickle, who knows what that team's going to look like in three weeks. That's not a chalk it up as a loss game. You're Then, then you home against Minnesota, a Minnesota team that just gave up a comeback win to a terrible Northwestern team, and then you go to Wrigley Field and play Northwestern. Home against Rutgers, home against Illinois, five-year last eight at home before you finish up uh, to at, at Nebraska on Black Friday. None of those games is a sure thing lost. The problem is with this offense, none of those games is a sure thing win. And herein lies the problem. Is nine or ten wins with an easy schedule and a unentertaining brand of football enough to satisfy people enough to justify keeping Kirk Ferentz as the head of this program or is losing in blowout fashion, embarrassing fashion. Every time you play a team with a pulse enough to make a change. That's the debate I'm talking about. It's not should Brian Ferentz remain offensive coordinator. It's not, What's next in the transfer portal or NIL or how can we help or what can we? It should Kirk Ferentz be the head coach moving forward or not? That's the debate I've been having in my head. That's the the question we need to start asking. I'm sure a lot of you have been asking. I've been avoiding asking. Is now the time to move on? I'm going to argue both sides of that. And... I'm not going to even try to make up my mind on this. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't want to react emotionally to a game that I just saw. Much like I'm not going to want to react emotionally two weeks from now when Iowa is 5-1, and one, ranked again on its way to a Big Ten West title. So let's just look at both sides of this. So I don't know exactly how to do this argument other than just kind of lay out one side and then lay out the other, but I do think... Uh, it probably is is better to kind of argue one side and then immediately hit it with the the other point. So I'll probably do a little bit of both. I haven't thought this through all the way. You're like I said, this is kind of a therapy session for me. This is just what my brain has been doing for 36 hours now since the end of that game. Since I've come to those of you who have felt like this for a year or two now, I've I've come to your side to to understand now is the time to ask this question. Okay, we'll start with a point for keeping Kirk Ferentz. It's not bad. It's not bad. The program isn't bad. The team isn't bad. It's just not great. And is it asking too much to expect greatness? I don't know. But it's not bad. This would be a hell of a lot easier if I won four games. Because you just make a change. If I would just fell apart, was terrible... Couldn't recruit. He just make a change. That's not where we are. That's what makes this such a difficult conversation, I think. It's not bad. It's just great. Or it's just not great. 
We beat most teams on our schedule most years. And those games are fun to win. It's fun to kick the crap out of Minnesota year in and year out. It's fun to beat Iowa State almost every year you play them. It's fun to beat Nebraska almost every year you play them. Illinois. I mean, it's fun to beat these Big Ten West teams. It is. They're not great teams and they're not great programs. But they're usually good games, close games, maybe not entertaining. I stopped short of saying entertaining. But Iowa is good enough. Not just good enough to, they do. They beat most of the teams on our schedule most of the year, most of the seasons. Do you feel greedy asking for more than that? Is that not enough? Wouldn't most programs take that? The answer is yeah, most programs would. Should we expect to be competitive against the best of the best? Is that even a fair expectation? Iowa was more than a two-touchdown underdog going into this game. Is it fair to get so upset after a loss that you're talking about throwing out the baby and the bathwater? Two-thirds of this team is great. Not just okay, not just pretty good. Iowa's defense under Phil Parker and Kirk Ferentz, has been fantastic. Iowa's special teams under LeVar Woods and Kirk Ferentz have been fantastic. Two-thirds of this team are not just good, are great. Bordering on elite. Some seasons fully elite. The other third is among the worst in the country. The worst in the Power Five. That's the biggest issue, obviously, but if that's the issue... We should address the issue. Now, of course, the elephant in the room is that the issue is the son of Kirk Ferentz. And that's going to be a whole thing. I mean, they're not hitting 25 points a game this season. There's almost no way that's going to happen. And I don't know the wording of this. I haven't looked closely at this uh, this contract. But if that triggers an automatic termination of Brian Con- Brian Ferentz's contract... Beth Getz cannot have her first major decision as Iowa's athletic department director be to rehire Brian Ferentz, to give him another contract. It cannot be that. And if you can't do that, does that turn the football coach against you as the, as, as the athletic director? Beth Getz is going to be in a terrible situation here come the end of this season. Either turn the fan base against you or turn the head coach against you, the most powerful person in that university against you. But she cannot retain Brian Ferentz after this. Kirk has earned the right to go out on his own. And and I get that that's debatable. Because Kirk Ferentz isn't perfect. And his tenure hasn't been perfect. And there are some really damning things that have happened in his tenure under his watch. That you know could potentially be fireable offenses on their own. Talking rhabdo. Talking racial discrimination talking nepotism with his son. I mean, there are things that are have been terrible. He's also been, 99% of the time, the best representative any of us could have ever hoped for this university or this program or for us as fans. I mean, I, I love Kirk Ferentz. I don't know him well. But like I said, build the statue, name the street, whatever that is. 
if you're going to run Kirk Ferentz out on a rail because he's only winning eight or nine games and he doesn't play an entertaining enough style, like what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? What are we even talking about here? He hasn't fallen off. Still on the pro keeping Kirk Ferentz side of things here. One word, lick lighter. Lick lighter. I know people roll their eyes when you bring up the Tom Davis to Steve Alford to Lick Lighter to Fran comparison to football, but the last time we ran out a pretty successful coach, it took 20 years to get the program back to freaking anything, right? And and some of you would say it's not even where it needs to be yet, even though Fran takes him to the tournament far more often than he doesn't. Even though Fran finishes in the top half of the Big Ten far more often than he doesn't and develops players who who go to the NBA and win national awards and all these things. Lick lighter. Because as I said earlier, there's a better than average chance that a new coach takes this down a level, not up a level. Do we have the fortitude to go through that? To go through a decade of bad Iowa football and several coaches before we find the right fit, find the right guy, find the right place, the right offense and defense and mix and whatever? Because, I mean, are we sure that LeVar Woods takes this job? Are we sure that uh, we want him to take this job? He's a special teams coordinator. We're a Big Ten football program. If we move on from Kirk, who is next? Phil Parker doesn't seem to want to be a head coach. Does he stay? Is that a is that a deal breaker for him? Is that a deal breaker for I mean, can you bring in a head coach who keeps Phil Parker and LeVar Woods? If LeVar Woods is promoted to head coach, does Phil Parker stay? These are questions we don't have an answer to. But if you're if you're cleaning house, I think you have to assume if you get rid of Kirk Ferentz, you're you're bringing in an, an entire new staff because it's going to be hard to hire a coach unless it's from within and say, here's your offense or here's your defensive coordinator. This is the type of defense you play. Here's your special teams coordinator. This is how this is the importance we place on special teams. Go hire an offensive coordinator and, and have at it. Do we have the fortitude to go through this? Most of us have never gone through a really bad Iowa football program. I mean, the end of the Hayden Fry era, things got bad. and the start of the Kirk Ferentz era, things weren't great. But within a couple of years, he had it right back to Big Ten title caliber football. And he's basically had us there for 25 years. I'm 40. I've never gone through a five-year span of Iowa being terrible at football. I do think that's a legitimate option if we move on from Kirk Ferentz. Many of us, myself included, wanted Kirk Ferentz out at the end of 2014. What did he do? He went 12-0 in 2015. And that's not the only example of the fan base tiring of Kirk Ferentz and then him changing something and proving again that he is the right person for this job, that he's the best coach for this program. And then lastly, is a different style than what Iowa plays now going to work in the new Big Ten? Because one of the one of the the anti keeping Kirk uh, tenants here arguments is. You're about to lose the Big Ten West schedule. Now, you're not going to lose all of it if you're Iowa because you have those three protected rivalries, and I don't know how they're going to do things now with Oregon and Washington coming in. 
But at least as as of the last kind of schedule set, I was still going to play Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Nebraska every year. And so that's going to limit the, the number of times they see Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC, Oregon every year. So, but you're about to lose the, the easiest schedule possible, which is what Iowa has and has had for a long time. You're about to lose that. But is trying to out-recruit Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC, Oregon for athletes, for vertical passing you know, pieces, is trying to play their game the right way to go about this new Big Ten. It's trying to beat Ohio State at Ohio State's game. or trying to beat Oregon at scoring points. Trying to beat USC at recruiting and developing quarterbacks. Is that the right way to go about things? Or is it better to be hard to plan for? Is it better to play an archaic style of, off, of, of, of football where you slow things down, you focus on the run, special teams and defense, you limit mistakes, you limit turnovers, you have a game manager type quarterback who doesn't run around a lot, stands in the pocket, you recruit and develop offensive linemen, and you try to beat these teams at a game they don't like to play. And that's what worked for Iowa for 23 years, 22 years under Kirk Ferentz. It hasn't worked the last few years. And there's a lot of reasons for that. The offensive line may be the biggest reason of that. But are you better off being a hard team to prep for in a week? Are you better off with Ohio State having Oregon, USC, and Michigan on their schedule, and then in between having Iowa where you have to play a completely different style of football. You're in a type of game that you're not used to being in. Are you better off if you're Iowa, if you're different? Now the other side of things. The It's time to move on. You know, Wish Kirk well at the end of this season. However it plays out, he retires. You fire him, whatever that looks like. Let's look at the anti-keeping Kirk side of things you are about to lose the easiest schedule possible. So while you can say we beat most teams on our schedule most seasons, that's going to change. It's going to change drastically. Your schedule is about to get a lot harder. You're about to play in, if not the toughest, certainly a top two conference in all of college football. And you're going to be playing these teams more often than you've been playing over the last decade or so. It's about to get a lot harder for Iowa to compete. You need new blood. You need change. You can't go, you can't run into the new Big Ten with this offense. You can't do it. You're going to get embarrassed. And it's, you're not going to get embarrassed once a season. You're going to get embarrassed multiple times. The offense is an absolute laughing stock, an absolute joke. It's the worst offense in the country. And it feels like at times it's the worst offense any major college football team has ever put on the field. I mean, Cade McNamara won a Big Ten championship two years ago, and he couldn't complete six passes Saturday night against Penn State. He couldn't muster 80 freaking yards of offense or five first downs. Iowa offense is where good players go to die, and this is going to kill recruiting. If you're if you're any sort of a, a decent receiver and you see what Caleb Brown is going through right now, which is zero receptions. I don't even know if he's had a target and two carries through four games. 
on a team that can't score or move the ball at all? You you don't even try to throw it to him? Why would anybody come play for this? Why would any quarterback come play for this? Caden McNamara is a laughingstock. He's on old takes exposed because he said that I hope everybody thinks our offense is going to suck. Bring it on. What well, You got your hope, man. Everybody thinks your offense sucks, and they're right. If you're a quarterback, why would you ever come to Iowa under this current administration? And oh, by the way, changing the offensive coordinator doesn't change anything about this offense. It didn't when we changed from uh, Ken O'Keefe, and it didn't when we changed from Greg Davis. By the way, none none of these people have been fired. Ken O'Keefe got a job with the Dolphins. Greg Davis retired from football. Kirk will not fire his offensive coordinator, and he will not change his offense. And nobody's going to want to come play for it. And I think this offseason was the last chance. The last chance where you finally got some people to buy in, you got them some NIL money, you made some hype in the transfer portal, we got a new quarterback, he's a stud, we got these new talents around him, these new weapons, they're good, and now it's going to look better. And now it's going to be different. And it's not, it's worse. It is different, it's worse. Somehow it's freaking worse. Spencer Petrus was not this bad. We are an absolute joke of an offense. And rightfully so, and good on the national media for making fun of us, and good on everybody for keeping track of this ridiculous 25 points a game stat. It is going to hurt recruiting, not just in the transfer portal. Why would anybody come be a part of this? You're a joke. You are a joke. Nationally. Iowa hasn't been competitive in any recent games against ranked teams. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's a staggering number that we've been outscored by these last five games against ranked teams. Again, it's one thing to not beat Ohio State and Penn State. You know, going into Happy Valley in a whiteout and beating a top 10 Penn State team is a really tall task. Being competitive against a team in your league is not. That's not a high bar to clear. All right? That's not a high bar to clear. And we can't clear it. We bang our freaking head on the bottom of the bar. It's ludicrous. We are not competitive anymore in these games. There is a legitimate question about whether Iowa fans want to see them win the Big Ten West this year. Because you know what you're getting in Indianapolis. You're getting your ass kicked. And you're going to be a joke again. And you're going to get made fun of. You want to see that? You want to spend another Saturday watching this against a team like that? You cannot retain Brian Ferentz. And if that's a deal breaker for Kirk, then deal broken. I'm sorry, deal broken. I know he's your son. I'd kill somebody for my son. So I totally understand it. But it, it's it's gone on too far. As I said earlier, I heard John Miller say it on the Iowa Everywhere Network. Beth Getz's first major decision as athletic director cannot be to re-sign Brian Ferentz. It cannot. It cannot be. He cannot be the offensive coordinator in the next year. And if that means Kirk has to go, then Kirk has to go. You might lose more if you, if, you, if you get rid of Kirk. You might lose more. You might lose a lot more. But it can't be less entertaining than this is. It can't be less ridiculous than this is. It can't. The upside, it could get better. It could get a hell of a lot better. Maybe LeVar Woods is the next great 
Iowa coach. Maybe he's there for 25 years and wins Rose Bowls and Big Ten championships and whatever the hell else there is to win as college football, the landscape changes you know, under our feet every day. Maybe he's the guy. Maybe he isn't, but somebody else is. Maybe the next great coach is sitting there waiting to be found, and maybe Beth Getz is the one to find him. And there is an upside. There is an upside to making a head coaching change. It could get better. It could get a hell of a lot better. It could get worse. It could get lick lightered. But it could get better, and it can't get less entertaining. And the fact that I'm even having this conversation, the fact that I'm even having this debate is bad for Kirk Ferentz. It is. It tells you all you need to know because I'm an apologist. I want him to be the head coach. I want to win under Kirk Ferentz. I want to see him win with Iowa. I want to see him get emotional after games. I want to hear the players talk about him with the reverence that they do. I want Kirk Ferentz to be Iowa's head coach. And the fact that I just had a 20-minute conversation back and forth that's been you know, stems from a 36-hour debate I'm having in my own head about whether or not I want him to be the head coach anymore probably tells you all you need to know and maybe tells me which side of this debate I should ultimately land on. I wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't a conversation that needed to be had. And I don't want to have it. I don't. I don't. But it has to be had. And we're not going to get, we're not going to win three games a year under Kirk Ferentz. You're going to have to get rid of him or he's going to have to walk away when things are still good. And that's a really, really tough thing to do. It's a hard decision to make. So there, I mean, that that's that's kind of how I've laid out the two sides of this argument. And I just, I don't know which side of it I'm on. I'll feel differently tomorrow. I'll feel differently on Monday. I'll feel differently as the season continues. But we're in a bad spot, man. And it's not the worst spot. It's not a terrible spot. It's a spot that a lot of people would like to be in. But it's not a good place to be. It really isn't. I hope this was therapeutic for you or something. I'm going to have my instant or uh, it's my opposition research podcast coming up this week looking at Michigan State, a, a program that's in disarray. Um, a team coming into to Kinnick Stadium for a nationally televised game, believe it or not, on Saturday night, where Iowa needs to get right. Iowa needs to, to play well and feel good about themselves moving forward. Michigan State's probably salivating looking at that, at that Iowa offense. We're going to talk about that game moving forward. Joe Schmelka and I will be on here Thursday night for our HawkeyeNation.com radio show. And, uh, and we're going to keep plugging along. Like I said, I'm here. I'll, I'll be here Saturday. I'll be here the Saturday after that and the, the Saturday after that. I'll be here for the this head coach and the next head coach and the one after that. I'm a Hawkeye till I die. But God, man, it doesn't feel good right now. And like I don't even feel good about myself that it doesn't feel good. You know what I mean? Like If Iowa goes 9-3 and three this year and I'm mad about that, that makes me feel bad about myself. It makes me question my fandom. Am I the type of – does anybody want a fan like this? I don't know, man. I go back and forth. I argue with myself constantly. And I think that'll continue. We'll see how it plays out. I appreciate you listening. And hey, as always, forever, go Hawks.